Welcome to Live Vedanta, a podcast where we explore simple living and high thinking. Each week, we join Vivek Gupta as he offers insights on bringing the divine into the daily. Vivekji has experienced much of what the world has to offer, whether it is attending an elite business school or traveling to almost 50 countries. However, tired with the inconsistent and incomplete peace associated with these pursuits, he decided to turn his journey within. Over the last decade, Vivekji has shared his observations on the signs of independent joy with communities across North America and beyond. Over the next few weeks, we'll be releasing a series of episodes on finding your calling, grounded in Swami Chinmayananda's short but beautiful book, I Love You Letters. Let's tune in. fantastic, all are fantastic. I like shlokas that, that bother us about being lazy. Alasasya kuto vidya, avidyasya kuto dhanam, adhanasya kuto mitram, amitrasya kuta sukham. So don't look at the English. Just focus on the Sanskrit. You know this. Alasya Asura. Change alasya to asura. <laughs> to someone who's lazy, kuta, where is there? Vidya. Where is there? Knowledge. Don't you tell your family members that all the time. If you don't wake up on time, how will you study for exams? How will you graduate? How will you get a good job? How will you get married? All because you didn't wake up on time. <laughs> See how dramatic we are. <laughs> Avidyasya kutas dhanam. For the person who doesn't have vidya, where is the, where is the money? You know that line, correct? <laughs> Adhanasya kuto mitram. It's becoming quite superficial. <laughs> quite superficial. For the person without wealth, where are there? Friends. But the important part here is, without friends, where is happiness? Here, the friend part is not. Facebook friends. It's not all the people in your WhatsApp group. It is love. Without love, there cannot be happiness. And slowly I'll unfold this some more. And how did this whole chain begin? By highlighting someone who is lazy. Some, and I'll change these words to someone who is comfortable. Sitting at the table with people you know, walking with people you know, shopping in places you know, using words you know, traveling to countries you know. Being comfortable is a form of laziness. So going into this some more. We embrace that which is natural and escape that which is unnatural. When you're feeling stressed, what do you do? Drink. Eat, sleep. When you're feeling calm, what do you do? Drink, eat, sleep. Yes, I know. But what else do you do? (laughs) Nothing. Because it's most natural. We have changed towards the unnatural. I'll give you an example. Sometimes when people hear me say, you should become morning persons, then people tell me, but I operate better at 
night, asuras, rakshasas. I can keep going if you want me to. But if you go back into our history, every creature revolves around the sun. Even nocturnal animals do. So our circadian rhythm is aligned with the sun. But we've changed to the unnatural, and now we be- believe that's natural, isn't it? And so what this shloka is saying is we have to change to go back to the natural. And change requires not just working hard, but working smart. There is no room for laziness, for comfort. Now tell me, who's responsible for changing? Only you. But who do you want to change? See the hypocrisy. You said it. I didn't even answer. I'm only attaching labels to your your answer. The hypocrisy that we know that we have to change, yet we still want everyone else to, to change. Going back to Bhagavatam, one of the most powerful episodes in Bhagavatam is Raja Parikshita finds Kali, the spirit of selfishness. And Kali's beating a bull and has broken three legs already. Only one leg is still standing. And that bull is wailing. There's a cow there that's shedding tears also. And Raja Parikshita jumps off of his horse and stops, you know, holds that bar that this man is beating with and pushes him aside and says, I'll deal with you later. And he turns to that bull and says, is this man causing you sorrow? And that bull almost chuckles and says, Raja, your question is laughable. And Raja Parikshita is confused. It's a confusing statement. That bull says, it's laughable to think that someone else can cause someone else sorrow. It's laughable to think that someone else can cause someone else sorrow. This bull is saying that while his legs are being beaten. And if you extrapolate from this scene, it's laughable to think that someone else can cause someone else joy. If you change, I'll be happy. Laughable, no? Only you. That's why Allah Sasya comes here. There's no room for um, projecting that others should, should change. And we will change. We will change. And the catalyst to, the, to that is when we know sorrow. When we know sorrow, we will start to change. It's like if you're looking in the mirror and you see some rolls where there's not supposed to be rolls. I think I should get a gym membership, right? Or you see a cavity, or it's forming a cavity, right? I should brush my teeth at night too. Or flossing, I won't even get into into that. But isn't it true? Once you know sorrow, that's when change manifests. But then there's the proactive people. They know joy. Those people don't allow themselves to be touched by sorrow. This knowing is that vidya that is mentioned here. No joy, no sorrow. Knowing joy is proactive. Knowing sorrow is reactive. The challenge for all of us is that we are too distracted to even know. 
We're too distracted to know that we're experiencing sorrow. We're too distracted to know joy. Have you show me how big Holy Gita is? Show me with your hands how big Holy Gita is. Like this, correct? The Brahma Sutras. See, the Brahma Sutras went from here to Holy Gita, Viveka Chidamani, I Love You Letters, <laughs> the summary of the <laughs> I Love Bookmark. See how we don't even read Shastras anymore. We read summaries of Shastras and introductions to the summaries of Shastras, isn't it? Just highlighting how distracted we are to know Vidya of sorrow or Vidya of, of joy. See, for any thinking person, they will be honest that what they want is love. They do not want to feel separate because in separation there's fear, there's anger. They want to feel that oneness you feel with yourself, to feel that with, with the person across from you, the person behind you, with the animals and the plants. What happens is we don't think, and so we start to become fake. Instead of focusing on love, we focus on like. I want everyone to like me. And so you say things to people that you don't mean. You buy things that you don't want. You act in ways that you feel very self-conscious towards, correct? Even parenting. You meet some families where their kids go to school and then they go to another school after school. Correct? They have a whole series of classes. Then if your kids are not doing that, I think I should do that too. But your kids aren't like that. And on and on and on. We just become fake. And so that natural calling for love has now become like, and if you get lost in that, you just drown. True? And it's because we're too distracted. Too distracted to know, too distracted to change. So here's our sadhana. Okay? The sadhana here is, know others' needs. Know others' needs. When you know that another person is not interested in liking you, but they're interested in loving you, you will act more naturally, correct? When Vyasa is crying, we know whether he's hungry or sleepy. He doesn't have any other needs. He's safe, he's warm, he's clean, all of that stuff. And Vyasa's He's becoming a drama king already. So I often hear Sheila saying, okay, stop being a drama king. You know, he'll go, he'll be so happy and then he'll go to the extreme, just crying so much. But we know that his need is that he's hungry. He's not being harmed. So we're very relaxed about it. We're not mean about it, but we're relaxed about it. Now for other people too, if you try to have everyone like you, you will be miserable and no one will like you. But if you focus on love, having that deeper connection with yourself, with your, the person, people around you, that genuinity will be there. The genuineness will be there. People will like you. Isn't it? We love people who are real. Know others' needs, too. That if someone is trying to play this game of you liking them, disarm them. Make them comfortable. Say, you don't have to say that. You don't have to be like that. 
three, our third letter. Together, Sukarti tyajate vidyam, vidyarti tyajate sukham, sukarti na kuto vidya, kuto vidyarti na Sukarti, for someone who, whose artha is sukha or pleasure, what do they give up? Vidya. For someone whose focus is pleasure, they have to give up knowledge. But for someone whose wealth, artha is vidya, what do they give up? Pleasure. Sukartina kuto vidya. For the person who is enjoying pleasures, there is no vidya. For the person who is enjoying knowledge, there is no pleasure. What's being shared here, the most natural calling is health and happiness. That requires us to change. And that change revolves around prioritization. In this simple shloka, viveka is brought up and vairagya. Viveka is Prioritizing. Vairagya is practicing on that prioritization. Small example. How many people have heard that they should exercise every day? How many people exercise today? See, there's a matter of prioritizing, but then following through with that prioritization is, is vairagya. How many times we've told ourselves that I should just be more patient with my family? And then... We become impatient. And then we're impatient with our impatience. So we just remain like that. We'll change this to different English words. What comes first? Dedication or sacrifice or sacrifice or dedication? How many of you think sacrifice comes before dedication? Dedication before sacrifice? What, how would you define yagna? See, it's fascinating that we, in English, we write yagna is sacrifice, but you never sacrifice unless you're dedicated. What will you practice vairagya on if you don't have the viveka that to, to prioritize, isn't it? So here, what the rishis are sharing is we need to be dedicated to changing towards health and Happiness. And dedication means there has to be sacrifice. And a hindrance in us moving towards dedication and sacrifice is procrastination. We know all of this. But are we making this a priority? Are we practicing? We procrastinate. I often ask parents, and I often ask their youth also, what is your parents' biggest complaints about you? You know, when I ask that question, they become very happy. They're like, oh, so many. <laughs> and they give so, so many complaints that their parents have of them. And a universal complaint is they procrastinate. Clean your room. I will, comma, later. <laughs> Correct? <laughs> They know their syllabus for the whole semester, but when do exams get studied for? When do assignments get prepared for? And we're all sitting here like, yeah, we were never like that. <laughs> How dare they? I actually think we're worse. 
And I'm saying that with a smile. I'm not trying to be mean. Just an observation. If a youth procrastinates with their exam, it's not as serious as procrastinating with health and happiness and change. So they may get a simple job and live a simple life. We may live much grander jobs and grander lives, but if we're not happy, who's stronger here? At one of these retreats, I would like for all of us to watch a beautiful movie together called Chiller Party. Some of you have seen this. Maybe we watched it together. The last scene, I'll just pick up on the last scene. There's this street boy. They call him Fatka. And he's being interviewed. And he said, my whole life I felt bad that I never got to go to school. But now that I see what schooling does to people, he was talking about the corrupt politicians, I don't feel bad at all. Procrastination. We procrastinate. We're all waiting for health to come to us. You're getting older, not healthier. We're all waiting for happiness to come. And we'll die before that. This waiting is what's being shown as lack of dedication, lack of sacrifice. Swami Chinmayananda says in this letter, a lot of this happens because of the company we keep. We see another person not changing. We see another person not practicing. So it's herd mentality, isn't it? When you go to the gym, you see everyone else is working out too, so you do too. When you see everyone eating laddus, you do, <laughs> you do too. And Gurudev says that we actually have a herd love also. Do tigers love goats as much as they love their own cubs? They don't. Tigers love tiger cubs. They do not love goats in that sense. Who do we love? Our family. Why? Partly biological, partly legal, a lot of financial. <laughs> but in this herd love, we've made other families as mutually exclusive, correct? You're not my family, and you're not my family. That's what herd love is. Isn't that a form of being um, selfish. When we keep studying, we are Brahman, we are one, the waves in the ocean, there's only water, then where does that come into practice? When we become aware of the separation that exists amongst me and you and you and me, we get scared. And when we're scared, we start to escape. When you hear a noise, you run. When you watch a scary movie, you close your eyes. For that person who's thinking, that person who's aware that you're separate than me and I feel separate than the people around me, we start to escape through drugs, start to escape through alcohol, start to escape through working too much, start to escape from work. We often start to escape even through our relationships. How? We justify that I'm doing this for my kids. I'm doing this for my friends. I'm doing this for my profession. When really, you're not doing it for that, you don't want to face that natural calling of, of love. And so here's the sadhana to deal with this challenge. To develop the vasana for, what did I say was the adjective for myself? Vivikta. To develop a vasana for vivikta. 
I'm not saying vivek. I'm saying vivikta. Vivikta means aloneness. Develop a vasana for aloneness. In other words, invest more time by yourself. Walk by yourself, drive by yourself, sit with yourself, eat with yourself. Give time to yourself to actually be aware of this natural calling. Be aware of this separation. Let us not be those who keep escaping. When you sit in a car, what's the first thing that you do? Turn the radio on, correct? Budgeons. When we're at home, what do we do at night? Devoka Dev Mahadev. Right? See the justification, though. Are you learning anything or just looking at a handsome Bhagavan Shiva? <laughs> yes? If they had a heavier, older Bhagavan Shiva, would you be so interested in Devoka Dev Mahadev? <laughs> I never knew Shiv Purana. <laughs> That's, that justification is a form of escaping. So there is awareness that I'm separate. But now to face that, to embrace that rather than escape that. If you enjoyed what you've heard or you want to learn more, join Vichara Gurukula for the Happiness Series Part 2, a virtual Jnana Yajna, taking place December 3rd through 6th from 7 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Over the course of four days, Vivekji will uncover answers to your most compelling questions about life and living. This unique and interactive workshop will take place virtually so that anyone of any age can join. You can experience the yajna individually, as a family, or as a community. For information on how to join, check out the link in our show notes or visit our website at medium.com slash vichara gurukula. We hope that you can join us. Until next time, inspire, love, be.